Hello and welcome back to the next episode of The Mormon Nutritionist. This is Zach Cordell. I will be the host. And today, and today, and today, we are going to be talking about the brazen serpent diet. Prepare your mind to be blown. Play it. Let's play this thing. Y'all are listening to the Mormon Nutritionist. I should say that this podcast is not intended to be individualized medical advice. As always, please consult with a medical professional in your area to make sure that your medical history is taken into account to make sure that you get the best care possible. And talking about the brazen serpent diet, aka the brass serpent that Moses set up on the staff, I want to make sure that we have some clarifications going into this. First, yeah, we're going to be talking about the scriptures. Second, the word diet, as used in mainstream culture, is referring strictly to whenever someone is trying to lose weight. So, fad diets are related to weight loss. But a diet in general is just how someone is going to go about their eating habits. So, it's just the normal eating habits that someone would have is considered a diet. So, just understand that there's a dual meaning for the word diet. The way that it's perceived in in mainstream media, some people see diet as a four-letter word because it is. But just know that whenever I talk about it, there's either going to be the meaning of specific to weight loss or the eating habit that someone has. So let's get into it. Most fad diets or a quick weight loss diet or a starvation diet are going to be at their core something that is a lower calorie option than what you have been doing in the past. All diets are going to be related to consuming less calories than you need in order to lose weight. The method that they're going to go about that is going to be a little bit different, but we'll break these things down so that you can can really start to look at it. A lot of the times, they're going to make sure that you have high protein, high fiber foods, low simple sugars, low glycemic index items, might be limiting in fat, is encouraging of healthy fats, is encouraging of healthy proteins. But the reason they want you to have the high protein and the high fiber is because with the high fiber, they are going to help you to stay full. And with the high protein, it is going to help you to stay full longer. So those things are going to help you to not crave food as often. But that's like the gist of most of the diets that are going to be out there. So just be aware that whether you're choosing the keto, the paleo, the Weight Watchers, the Whole30, they're typically going to be including plants, proteins, and fiber. All right, so in the story of the brazen serpent in Numbers 21, verses 6 through 9, you can see that at this point, the people that have left Egypt with Moses, the children of Israel, left Egypt with Moses in the desert complaining. They want to know where are they getting their food from. Man has been provided for them. They're happy. Everything is going great. Then they get upset again. And as a way to send a scourge, the Lord sends some fiery serpents. These fiery serpents are poisonous. They bite people and the people start to die. 
Then they returned to the prophet Moses and they asked for a little bit of help. Can you go to God for Can us? Can you go to God for and us? And ask for a God little bit of help. Ask for a God. little bit of help. And so what ensues is that Moses is told to put a brass serpent on a stick, raise it up, and tell people if they look at it, they will be healed. That simple, that easy, that's all they needed to do. And we find out in the book of Nephi that many people would not look because of the simpleness of the way. So Moses is presented with a problem, fixes a problem, provides a solution, and people still don't want to know because it isn't hard enough. The other example, perfect example, is a story of Naaman and Elisha. So Naaman is a leper, goes to the prophet Elisha to be healed. The prophet Elisha tells him what he should be doing, go to wash himself in the river Jordan seven times and he will be healed. Naaman gets a little bitter. He's like, are you kidding? This river's dirty. Why would I go wash in this one? There's cleaner rivers out there that I can go be washed in. And so he has a hardened heart, walks away, says, no, not going to do it. His servants, thankfully, can talk him into being obedient to the prophet and saying, Look, the prophet said to do this. If he had told you to go fight this army, to be healed of it, if he told you that you needed to do this miraculous thing that no one thought that you could do, you probably would go out and try and do it. But now you're not going to try because it seems too easy and it's below you and you're prideful. You're the, the general of this army, but lo and behold, you won't even listen to the prophet whenever he tells you to do something simple. Sound familiar? Whenever we are told to read the scriptures, when we're told to go to church, when we're told to honor our covenants, it's the simple things that are going to make the difference. It's going to be the same thing with our diet. It is the simple things that is going to make the difference. It is the fruits. It is the vegetables. It is the salads. It is the lean protein. It is reducing the amount of red meats that you're consuming. It is having healthy foods and not necessarily going overboard on how many sweets you're consuming. It doesn't mean that you can never eat sweets, but it's a simple change that they're encouraging you to do, the small things. It is the brazen serpent. It is the simple changes that are going to make the big difference. The principles of the gospel are faith, repentance, baptism, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, and enduring to the end. It's the same thing in nutrition. There are these simple steps that we need to take that we won't take. Doctors will continue to come out with books. They'll be gluten-free. They'll be the Twinkie diet. They'll be bippity-boppity bacon diets. It'll be any and all numbers of things that are going to continue to come out that are going to draw your attention away from the simple things that need to happen. And we put people on a pedestal that go on a diet. We say, oh, well, you are so committed to your health. I wish that I had that same drive. You look at them and you think to yourself, this person is committed to their health and they're going to continue to try and that's great. We should continue to try. But at the same time, we need to try the right things. We don't need to be chasing all of the new fads. Just like with the gospel, we need to be slow and steadfast rather than being blown to and fro with every wind of doctrine, right? We can't just put skinny people on a pedestal and say that they must be doing these things. You can't just put somebody that's on a diet on the Ram Yumptum saying that, they're so glad that they're not fat or they're not weak or they're not lazy or they're not unorganized, which is very stereotypical and is rarely true of people who may be carrying around extra weight. But we're always finding ways to shame someone into to feeling like they should be different. But think about that in terms of the gospel and in terms of our bodies and in terms of who we are eternally. That physical shame on how we look 
shouldn't really hold that much weight. The principles again are faith, repentance, baptism, receiving the gift of the Holy Ghost, enduring to the end, and it's the same thing in nutrition. You need to eat mainly plants. You need to eat food. You need to be physically active with wholesome recreational activities, as it is known. There are core beliefs and behaviors that need to be in place to help you be where you need to be, whether that is spiritually or physically. But if you're chasing after this one new superfood that's coming out, the acai berry or the goji berry or kale, these things can be beneficial. But at the same time, if you don't like kale, there are plenty of other vegetables for you to choose from. You don't have to consume the one that everyone says is the healthiest because if you don't like it, you're not going to eat it. So sometimes we just need to wash in the dirty water, do the simple things, and look at the brazen serpent to be healed. We don't have to go after all of the crazy things that people are coming out and telling us to do. We don't have to do detoxes. We don't have to do cleanses. We don't have to take certain pills or shake certain things onto our food in order to make sure that we can lose weight. When that's masking the real issue that's at hand. We're not addressing the problem. So you can go as deep as you want to in the gospel, and you can go as deep as you want to in the science of nutrition. You can look into polyphenols and aromatics and trisodium phosphate if you'd like to, but no one goes to the grocery store and picks up the sugar-coated polyphenols, and then they eat their savory trisodium phosphate or their bubbly aromatics. We eat food, even with vitamins and minerals. You don't just eat vitamin A. You don't just eat beta carotene. You don't just eat vitamin C. You eat an orange or you eat sweet potatoes or you eat squash. And there's a lot of benefit to consuming those foods beyond just the vitamin A, the beta carotene, the vitamin C, the cyanocobalamin. Those things are great and they can be truly beneficial to our health. But the reality is, is that you are not going to just be eating those single nutrients. If the nutrients were what made us all healthy, then Anyone that took a multivitamin mineral supplement would be healthy and would never get a disease. But the benefit from those nutrients comes whenever you are getting them from food. And that's shown in research. The research doesn't show that if you take a multivitamin mineral supplement, you're going to be better off. It shows that if you eat foods that have those vitamins and minerals in them, you're going to be better off. So again, it's the whole food. And the reality is that we just need to keep it simple and eat whole foods. Eat plants, limit sugar limit red meat. And most of you have heard of the diets that are coming out, multi-level marketing groups that are coming out, the new pills that are coming out. For most Americans, those things don't matter. (laughs) One of my favorite questions and stories that I have is one of my friends once asked me, do I really need to eat organic vegetables? Does it make that much of a difference? And my response to him was with a question of, do you eat vegetables now? And he said, no. So I responded, it doesn't really matter. Because if you want to go out and experiment with non-GMO organic foods for the first time and you're paying $8 for some kale or you're paying $7 for a pint of blueberries, but you've never had blueberries before, maybe we should just start with eating blueberries and not worrying about whether they're organic or not. The research is out there for consuming fruits and vegetables. The research isn't necessarily out there whether or not you should be eating organic. Let's take a break. We'll we'll come back to addressing these things in just a little bit. Things that we should change, things that we should do, things that would be beneficial, rather than just 
chasing our tails and feeling like we're doing something healthy that really doesn't pay off in the long run. Because for me, that's the biggest thing. If you are trying to make changes, I want you to actually be able to make the changes and do the things that are going to provide the changes that you are actually looking for, rather than eating a lot of granola thinking that it's going to be healthier than your cereal, but finding out that you might be gaining weight because granola is more calorie dense. Oh, did we not talk about that? All right, quick break. We'll come back. In this week's The Mormon Nutritionist Breakdown, what I want to talk about is how the naming of food can influence how we feel about that food. Who would eat pea water? All right, so let's get into the milks that are out there. Would anyone drink almond water? Or pea water? Or peanut water? Or plant water? Not necessarily. Most people think that those would be belonging somewhere else. But... People will, whenever you have almond milk or soy milk or peanut milk, you understand where to use milk, right? So even though it's not truly a milk, it could be. And understanding that they're using that name just for advertising can be beneficial. So think about that whenever you're eating foods. And shoot me a message on, on Facebook at Zach Cordell RDN. Let me know some of the, the funny things that you could think of where you would rename a food and it might not be as appetizing as it had been in the past, but also still helps you to understand what that food really is. This has been What's in a Name. All right, so welcome back. We've talked about naming, we've talked about Moses, we've talked about the Dirty River, we've talked about the Brazen Serpent, but I want to just bring up a couple of different things. Just like there is an idea that you need to diet to be healthy, there's also a stigma around making lifestyle behavior changes, which is really what we're talking about here. People start to think that they need to do meal planning, that they have to get up and have this amazing breakfast, that they have to make drastic steps to cut out meat, sugar, carbs, or whatever it is that you want and think is the enemy to your life. People jump straight into being vegan and then they jump right back out. So the way that we set goals is perfectly depicted by the world's view of New Year's resolutions. Unfortunately, they're meant to fail. You go into New Year's resolutions with having had Halloween, having had Thanksgiving, having had Christmas, having celebrated New Year's, and then once that New Year is here, now you have to punish yourself for all the things that you did for the previous year, which really just is those previous three months. The way that we set goals is perfectly depicted by this because our goals are meant to fail. We're not supposed to go through with the New Year's resolution. The joke is that the New Year's resolution only really lasts for a couple of weeks, if that. We're supposed to find things that you don't like about yourselves, make a plan, and then it fail. But again, if we go back to how the gospel teaches us to make changes, it is line upon line, precept upon precept. My dad would always tell me that God won't steer a parked car. It matters the direction and not necessarily the speed. And what he meant by that is that we have to be willing to make changes and to take action and be willing to make movement and then allow the Lord to lead us. Same thing happens with Paul, right? So the apostle Paul was against the, the Lord. His name was Saul. He was completely against Christ and didn't believe it. He was out there persecuting, but then 
as he became converted to the gospel, the Lord used that willingness to move forward to his advantage, and Paul became this great minister for Christ. Again, it doesn't necessarily matter speed, but it matters that you're willing to move and know that the Lord will lead you. Oftentimes, it is more beneficial for you to make your favorite meal healthier and just go from there. Add some or add some more vegetables to your dishes or fruits to your dishes. Maybe put beans in your burritos instead of beef. Maybe we use a little less cheese. You could buy less soda, so that means that you're going to drink less soda. Maybe we look at the serving sizes of the cereal that we're eating. But these are small changes that make a big difference. It's just those small things so that you feel like you're not robbing yourself of the food that you really enjoy. And you can still go about your life enjoying food. Because I'm not here to rob you of the food that you enjoy. I'm here to help you to have a healthy relationship with food. To make lasting changes that make a difference. And to really just understand that our body is an eternal part of who we are. So if we don't like ourselves now, will we like ourselves later? So again, small changes, little things, big difference. President Monson would always talk about how a great ship is steered by a small water. And we can take that into account into our own lives. The same thing is going to be the case in nutrition. The same thing is going to be the case in any small habits that we're trying to establish. So reading the scriptures is important to our testimonies. Reading the scriptures is important to our relationship with our Heavenly Father. Eating our fruits, eating our vegetables is important to our health. It is important to preventing disease. It is important for any number of reasons. And you can pick any number that you would like, but don't think that you have to eat one specific type of fruit. More so just think that we can add it to the dishes that we already have. Because that way you don't have to learn all new recipes. You don't have to go out and discover new foods for you to eat, but you can use where you are right now and make a start to a healthier you. So what I'm asking you to do is regardless of which story you want to use, I just want you to either bathe in the dirty water or to look at the brazen serpent because it's simple. Don't overcomplicate it because when you overcomplicate it, you give yourself a reason to fail. But if it's the simple things, then you have an opportunity to succeed. And you don't have to prove to everyone else that this diet isn't going to ruin you and this time everything's going to be different. Just take steps from where you are to where you want to be that are small, simple, enjoyable, and sustainable. Thanks for listening. Make sure to subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you like what you've heard so far, make sure that you write a review love to hear what you have to say. And also connect with me on Facebook or Instagram at Zach Cordell, RDN. Send me a message. Let me know what topics you feel would be helpful to you in your journey to help. This is the Mormon Nutritionist. All I got to say is I hope this podcast has strengthened and nourished you. Thank you for joining us and we'll see you next time.